You're listening to Crip Podcast. For show notes, comments, and other links, please visit crip.io. Welcome to a new episode of Crib Podcast. Uh, here with us in in this podcast, we have Jay Martinez. Hi, Jay. Hey, what's going on, guys? So, Jay, uh, you are working as a personal uh, or life coach, you could say, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that and what is it that you do? Well, um, I am a life coach and I am also a musician and also a speaker. And I guess I, I, I take all three of them and I try to go ahead and implement them in my life and try to help people um, through, you know, different areas. And mm-hmm. I guess with the life coaching, I specialize and I focus and I have passions in three areas. And one of them is in relationships. I, I have a passion for fixing uh, people's broken relationships where they feel that there is no hope and they feel that everything is lost. They feel that they've hit the wall and they think that they can't go any further. So that's one area that I just, I, I just love with all of my heart, uh, just to put it all back together. So, uh, you know, find helping them find that fire, uh, that they feel that it's burned out. And the second one is, uh, personal development. You know, uh, I have people that, you know, they say, I, I, I want to be a better person or I'm lacking in a certain area in my life or I go through a lot of depression, a lot of uh, self-esteem or, you know, something happened to me in the past and I need someone to talk to and I don't know how to get out of it. Uh, I don't know how to stick up to people. I don't know how to put boundaries in my life. And so I, I always run into people that have this issue that have the, the, I need someone that can go ahead and take me from one side to another side and the third one, uh, which is an amazing one, I, I love it with all of my heart. Um, I help people that have a, a special need. If maybe they're in a wheelchair or they have some type of disadvantage, or they have a challenge in their lives, in uh, dyslexia or ADD or ADHD, uh, people that feel that they cannot get over the hill because they are stuck to their disability, they feel that, you know, this disability has me, you know, I, I, the world looks at me in a certain way and I can't get out of it. And so I think uh, this, uh, people with challenges, disabilities is something that I have a heart for and I have a passion for. And uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Great. Actually, it's truly inspiring that you, um, that you wake up in the, if, in the bed in the morning and feel inspired to help other people to uh, mm-hmm. being fulfilled at the end of the day, right? Right, right, right. I think it's just, I, I just, uh, you know, this is what I'm called. This is my purpose and, uh, and I have to do it. I yeah. have to do it. But what made you, what made you do it from the beginning? What made you um, yeah. feel the cause to actually begin to do this? Well, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, I've had a lot of great people in my life yeah. and, one of the things that I've noticed from them is that it was certain words or it was certain things that they did and they told me that helped me to actually go to another level in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, there was no money involved. There was no uh, in, in 
financial investment or anything like that. It was just them taking that time out of their lives, saying that I'm going to help you in every area or in in certain ways. You know, I'm going to help you however I possibly can help you. And a lot of it was maybe in education. One of them was maybe in music. One of them was maybe in just uh, just being me, trying to get trying to get me being stronger. And you know, I don't know that I'm not so much big into boxing or anything like that. But one of the things that I've noticed in fighters is that when they're training, one of the things that I see is that they have these you know guys around them, and it's like maybe you know five or ten guys, mm-hmm. and while they're training. It doesn't matter what it is, if they're running or if they're doing push-ups or lifting weights or just doing their, you know, everyday routine, they're always screaming out, look at him. Man, he's a fighter. Man, look at him. And he's that guy, whoever he's going to fight, he's going to go down. This guy is one of the best of the best, man. I mean, the guy hasn't even fought the fight. Yeah. But still, they're telling him, look at him, man. Man, look, he's a champ. That guy has, I mean, listen, the guy walks into the ring and he's done. He's out. Third round, this it's over. And even though that the fighter might have lost the last fight, they don't care about the last fight. They care about this fight that they're about to go against. Exactly. And my mentors and people actually have done that to me where they said, okay, listen, you've, you've taken bad loss. You've taken some hard loss in your life. But listen, come on, get up. You can do it. Pick your hands up fight okay listen you're struggling here but listen all you have to do is this way or all you have to do is go about it uh you know go around go around this way or this route whatever it is and so i felt that you know me getting through high school and getting through college and doing a lot of great things i I felt that it's only because i had these certain people in my life that were able to inspire me Mm -hmm. and actually push me and give me the right tools to help me, and that's exactly what I want to do to people. I want to give them the right tools so they can get to their destination. Where there was, where where they have this desire in their lives, you know, that right there, that desire that you have is the plan for you. And so my job is to actually just help you to unroll the plan, draw blueprints, say, okay, and this time we're going to get you here. Uh, because the problem that I run into with a lot of people is that they have this destination but do you have the mentality to get there? You know, they have a, they say, I want to do this. Yeah, but do you have the heart to get there? Mm-hmm. If all of a sudden you would get there tomorrow, more than likely, you wouldn't stay there very long. You would lose control. You wouldn't have the right mindset. You know, and so my job, just like other people have done to me, is to actually help them to get there and get that right mindset and uh, letting them know that, listen, it's a process, it's passion. You're going to have tons of mistakes. No one's perfect. Yeah, people are always going to judge you. They're going to always criticize yeah. you. But come on, keep moving. And so, you know, a lot of people get this um, thing that I am a motivational speaker. And that's not, that's not that, I mean, that's part of it, but that's not really what I do. That's not my, where my heart is. No. Uh, my job is to give you the tools to get you where you need to get. Because I could, I could give you all the amazing quotes and the statistics and everything. But you know what? One thing I've noticed, and I noted this in the beginning of when I was starting, is that by the time you walk out the door, man, you forgot about 80% of what I said. <laughs> so I just said, you know what? I think it's better that I give these people results right there and then. Yeah, I believe so too, because a lot of people have a destination, as you said, but 
you actually have to plan your work to work your plan. Um, Absolutely. That's what you want to get. Yeah, that's good. So that's why I think what you do is great. And I think that's uh, a place where I and Victor want to be uh, to be right. uh, in the future. So good. Yeah. it's actually great having you on this podcast. Um, but speaking of what you do, is there something that you define painful? Well, you know, <laughs> I could talk about that all day, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, the painful is, um, you know, almost getting there, you know, but you're not there yet. Uh, not being you know, patient enough? Being, yeah, I think being the, pa- the I'm not the patient type always, you know, I'm kind of like, let's go, let's move, you know, mm-hmm. you know, let's just, what do we have to do to get there? Okay, let's do it, let's, you know. It's the sacrifice, uh, but I know that it's the the painful. It's the the process that's what really makes me of who I am today. And I think uh, you know you, you have to see it as you know you're like a you're like a bag of tea. You know you're only good in hot water. Ooh, that's a great uh, quote. You know if 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 you don't have no stress, if if you don't have you know if there's no hot water, you know there's. There's just there's nothing that's gonna come out of you. You know, it's like you're you're like a lemon. Yeah. You don't squeeze it, nothing will come out. You know, and so I think it's the pain that your best ideas come out of your you know your best um, talents come out. People see the best things out of you, and also they see the worst things out of you too. Mm-hmm. And so I think the pain the pain that I go through is I have. I think I've, I've learned how to look at it very different. How to say, you know what, man, I'm 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 feeling it every morning, or before I go to bed, or before I go into a meeting, or before I I have to make a phone call, or whatever it is. Man, I mean, I just say, you know what, I'm gonna embrace the pain. You know what, I know it comes with it. I know success. Uh, not only does it leave clues, but also leaves pain. You know, and. Yeah, sure. uh, uh, a lot of people that I run into, they feel that they don't have to pay a price. They feel that it can just be given to them and, oh, no big deal. And it's not like that, man. And, and you know, I just I've learned to say, hey, I'm going through something right now in my life and uh, just bear with me or have patience with me. And, you know, usually all the people that I work with, they say, yeah, that's fine, because, of course, everybody has their own mountain and uh, their own pain. So I think my pain is. Almost getting there, but not quite yet, or trying to reach and you're missing it by maybe a couple of inches, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, you just need this little push and you're almost there. And so um, I think that for me, uh, is pain. Yeah, but I think it's yep. better to go slowly in the right direction and fast. Absolutely. And direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I think being patient is uh, vital to become successful, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, sure. yes. True. But no pain, no gain, right? Right. <laughs> or fail hard to success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Jay, uh, you were uh, diagnosed in an early age for dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that and how that affected you? Yeah, I think um, I think it was uh, when I was in second grade. You know, I was, uh, I was uh, showing signs of you know, I guess misbehaving and, uh, you know, every sign that you could probably see in a kid that, you know, that there's something has to be wrong because he doesn't want to do his work. 
Um, and also, you know, when a teacher asks you to read and you, you can't read every word or you just, you know, you're not, you're not, um, society says, you know, he's just not functioning like everybody else. And, uh, that's when they took some tests and that's when they, you know, pulled me into a room and they pulled my parents and they told my parents, I just want to let you know that, uh, we have run some tests on you, on your, on your child and he is born with uh, dyslexia. And so we're going to try to help him to the best of our ability and uh, see where it goes. And of course, my parents, you know, they don't know, you know, my parents are just like, well, what does that mean? Uh, you know, you know, how do you, I don't, I've run into parents that, you know, they just say, you know, I don't know how to take that my kid is something wrong with him or mm-hmm. that he's not going to be like everybody else, you know, and I want my kid to be like everybody else. And the, the thing is, is that, you know, I, I think my parents, they tried as hard as they possibly could. And, and I, that I have to give it up for them, you know, cause they, they really did. And I think, um, uh, they came to the stage where, the teacher says, you know, I think you should take him to a doctor because they could put him on medication. And so they did that. And so I was on like Ritalin and Siler and like all these medications. And my parents saw something, you know, very different in my character and my attitude. And my <laughs> my, my mother said, no, 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 no. My, my kid's going to get off of this. And, you know, my mother's a very, very uh, amazing lady. And she just said, you know, I think I think with prayer and the, and the belt, he's going to be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. He don't need nothing else. Uh, and so all my life through elementary, middle school, and high school and college, I have had dyslexia. And I have it pretty bad. I would say uh, I think I can read at a fourth grade reading level, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm a better reader than I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. But because of technology today, I'm actually able to write and read and do a lot of things. But it's always been a very, very big struggle in my life. And a lot of people ask me, well, how did you get through school or how do you get through life? And all I can say is just that that I had some, again, I've had some amazing mentors and I've had some amazing tutors. And all of that has leaked into me, has bled into me where, you know, no one can tell that I am dyslexic. Nobody has, you know, nobody, I don't have a card or a uh, uh, something on my forehead that says, Hey, I'm dyslexia. But, you know, I think it comes out in some of the weirdest things in life, man. And it's, it's embarrassing, you know, when you're in front of the classroom or the teacher says, no, you're just lazy or you don't want to try. And it's just like, listen, I, I, it's not that I just, I don't see it. You know, there's a connection in the brain that, you know, it just doesn't get there, you know, or there's a connection from your hand to uh, you know, to the left side of your brain, it's not connecting. It's in the in the back side of, uh, of your brain. It's it's just not working. And I remember when I was a senior in college, I was doing my internship as a counselor in a high school, and I saw I knew this one kid, and he had dyslexic. And I saw the teacher pull out this kid, and the teacher is just screaming at him and saying, "You're not trying hard enough." You know, I mean, he, I mean, he, I mean, the same exact words that were being said to him were being told, I mean, was something that was told to me when I was younger. And I want to go up to this lady and say, ma'am, listen, listen to me as an adult. He's not lazy. He, you know, he's not, uh, this guy is, is a really bright guy and everything, but you know, I know what he's going through and I'm telling you that 
if you gave me the work, I wouldn't be able to do it. And I'm a senior in college. You yeah. know, I need my technology or I need my tutors. I need all these things to get your work done. And and so and and I think with a dyslexic people, they really do not know what they have inside of them. I mean, man, they have gold inside of them. If they actually knew how to use the dyslexia, they would freak out of of their incredible people skills, creativity, and also people with challenges. Man, they're amazing problem solvers mm. because mm. all their lives they've had to solve problems of, okay, how am I going to turn in this paper or how I'm going to pay this bill or how am I going to do this or that? You know, if you, if you look around you, I mean, you have words all over the place, you know, you have to write, you have to read, you, you have to do all these things so you can get through life. And these are just simple, easy things uh, that everybody takes for granted. But when you can't do it, well, I mean, I mean, that really hurts you. But again, you know, where, where, you're, where you're weak, you know, your strengths comes out in a crazy way. But I think with dyslexic, with a lot of people is that, you know, you're told that you can't do it or he's like this or he functions this way or at 2.30 he has to get out of the classroom because he has to go here or they're going to work with him. And, you know, all my teachers and everybody tried so hard to help me uh, until this one teacher just told me straight out. She said, Jay... I'm just letting you know, son, you will never learn how to read. You are never going to learn how to read or write. But what's going to happen is you're going to memorize words. And that's how you're going to be able to tell what's on the page. And so, and I know it sounds really weird, but I love reading books. I love doing research. But, and I think it's one of the most favorite things in the world for me to do. I just got to do it my way. And so I'll tell you this one situation that uh, I was speaking at this conference and this lady comes up to me with her granddaughter and the lady says, and she's crying so bad. And she's saying, oh, Jay, we, 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 we liked your speech and everything. And my, and my, my granddaughter, she liked it too. But I, I was wondering, could you give her some words of encouragement? Because, oh, I mean, the, the doctors and the teachers have diagnosed her with dyslexia. And I mean, it's very hard for the family. Of course, I never spoke. I never said that I was dyslexic. So, I mean, the lady's just assuming that I can read and write. Yeah. And so I'm freaking out on this on this lady and the little girl. And I'm just looking at her and I just said, hey, listen, uh, I just want to tell you that uh, I was born with severe dyslexic and I have a college degree and I think life is going to be perfectly fine for you. And uh, I told the lady, I said, you know, you're going to be shocked and surprised if this lady you know, she becomes one of the most smartest people in the room. You know, you, 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 you don't know what you really have inside of you until it's your problems that get the best out of you. And for me, dyslexia was just one of the hardest things that I had to fight in my whole entire life. Uh, but I have learned that if, if, if you're hard on yourself, life will be easy for you. And if you're easy on yourself, life is going to be hard uh, on you. And I think my dyslexic has bled into my hard work and working long hours and pushing it and saying, hey, you know, this is easy. And another thing is just that I had to learn that life isn't a, I mean, it's not a term paper. It's not an English paper. I mean, people don't read like that and they don't write like that. It's only in college that you have to do that. And so when I write messages, I don't write and I don't use this high-tech vocabulary, I just tell them, hey, listen, I, I'm going to be here at this time, or hey, I need you to be here, or hey, is it possible if you could help me out here, or, 
you know, hey, uh, I told you I was going to be there on that time, but I needed to change it. Something else came up, so I had mm. to change it. So there's nothing difficult uh, about writing simple things like that. But again, as a dyslexic, you just feel like, man, life is over, man. There is nothing you can do. Uh, it's embarrassing sometimes when you go to parties or they're playing charades or they're playing these card games and, you know, you know, you're the guy that can't read and you have to be on the team and you have 30 seconds to answer the question mm -hmm. or read the, read the question, you know, what do you do? Or, you know, you like, there's this girl that you like and she finds out that, why, why can't this guy read this paragraph or <laughs> read the page, you know, or there's a girl in the classroom, you know, and she finds out you're dyslexic. Meaning, I mean, what girl wants a guy that cannot read or write, you know? And it's, yeah. and, and it's like you minimize your chances. And you're like, man, how am I going to get this girl? How am I going to talk to her? And she knows I can't read or write, you know? So just things like that. And, and again, you know, at the end of the day, I, I have learned that there are a lot of people that are successful and a lot of people that are not successful and they can read and some of them can't write. And some of them can 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 write beautifully, but they're poor, man. Or not, I don't want to say poor, but they're broke. They're not motivated. They're not dedicated. They can't do anything. So, again, success doesn't really, um, and depending on the area, it doesn't matter if you can't read or write. No. Uh, I mean, or walk or see or anything like that. It, all that matters is that you can get the job done. And however you get it done, as long as it gets done. I mean, CEOs see it as you have to deliver. Exactly. But getting, sorry for uh, interrupting you, but getting back to that uh, when you were diagnosed, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very sad that we're still today are um, following some sort of norm when it comes to normality. Oh, yeah. Um, that we constantly try to be normal in some way uh, or that instead looking at your abilities with that uh, diagnose right uh, and i think it's really painful that society today has defined something that what is that is normal and that we constantly try to um to uh, to be normal instead of right. looking at instead of changing what's normal and just be what you want to be and looking at abilities um so well, I think it's because, like, for like when it came to teachers, yeah. you know, it, you know, in America we have uh, the laws. The laws, you know, it, 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 there's there's laws that protect people that have, a, a, you know, a certain types of disability. And you know, for teachers, it's like you know, I have to go out of my way to make arrangements for this individual. Yeah. That means I have to stay late, or that means I have to work hard, or I have to do something. You know. Uh, and, you know, I had a, I had a professor once tell me, you know, I, I said, sir, because, you know, at the time I, you know, I depend on my tutors and my tutors are normal people. I mean, they, they get sick, you know, they have problems of their, of themselves, you know, they, they have all these things. And so if they go down, I go down too. And this one professor, I said, Hey, sir, listen, I'm going to need a little bit more time because my tutor and he's going through some stuff, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I can't turn it in on time. And he asked me, well, Jer, uh, let me ask you, son, are, are you pregnant? And I said, what? I said, are you pregnant? What? And I said, no, sir, I, I'm not pregnant. I, I don't understand. Okay, the only people that I make exceptions for are pregnant Come women. On. And if you are not pregnant, 
then I'm not going to make an exception for you, and you need to turn everything on time. And I said, but, but sir, the thing is, is that uh, the, my tutor, you know, he was sick for a couple of days. He's getting better, and, and I'm not saying that it's going to be turning wrong. It's just going to be a couple of days late. So if you could please bear with me, you know, I, 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 and of course, they have all the proof and evidence saying that, hey, this person is dyslexic. So it's not like they, it's a surprise to them. They get it in the beginning of the semester. Mm. But this guy said, okay, okay, I've already heard your excuses. I'm asking you, are you pregnant? And I said, no, sir, I'm not pregnant. Okay, then I want it turned in on time. And that was it. And it was turning on time. But <laughs> again, uh, I mean, just, it just, I mean, just areas like that, you know, that, and I've had horrible teachers. I mean, teachers said, yeah, listen, I don't, I don't know. That's not really my problem, you know? Um, but again, it was through all that pain, man, that, that I became smarter and I became mm. a problem solver. And again, being a problem solver helped me helping people in relationships, personal development and people with uh, challenges. What do you, what is it that you love with the thing you do? I think for me, I love helping people to get from point A to point B. Okay. And I think that, you know, something I, I take in is that when they first come in the door, I mean, sometimes they just start crying, you know, they just start letting it go. And I think uh, sometimes they feel that they're the only person that is going through it. They feel like, no, no one is going through this. I'm the only one. And uh, I think that's common, really. Yeah. Yeah. And my job is to actually help them to say, no, that's not true. Uh, there's lots of people uh, that there's lots of people that are going through what you're going through. And my job is to really just help them to really just build them up. Hmm. And that's not easy. That's very, very hard. But I think that's one of the joys in my job to, to, to see the guy, you know, he quit his job. He started his own thing. Now he's making a really good amount of money. Or hmm. the girl that she was in a divorce and the husband tore her down really bad. And now she's up on her feet. She's having better days and she's in a new relationship or the guy that um, the guy that says, you know what? I, I experienced a horrible death or a, a horrible childhood and I'm able to help him to say, listen, focus on the future and give him the right steps to do that. That that is that for me is really, really rewarding. At the end of the day, I received an email uh, from a from this guy uh that man in the beginning you know because sometimes you know and a lot of people may not admit it but i will but sometimes you know you have these people and they're just they're down man i mean they're just you feel like you're not getting to them mm -hmm. but you just have to be persistent and trying to help them and and you know knowing that hey you know what i'm gonna give it all i possibly can give and i received an email a week ago the guy said he quit his job making more money, he's happier. And all I did with him is is just help him get away from his problems from home. Hmm. And I helped him build vision in his life and had goal and purpose. And I helped him to just remind himself every single day. You know, I think with personal development or helping these people is that they feel that they can come to me for one session and boom, it's all fixed. Hmm. Or they feel that, oh, I, oh man, Super simple. I'm going to go to this guy. I'm going to get hyped up and I'm ready. And it doesn't work like that at all. No. You know, there's a process. And so, you know, I had to help this individual to say, 
first of all, I had to help him how to be honest with himself and say, okay, what's, what's my situation? And then I had to help him again, plant goals and visions in his life. And once I did all these, all these things through different, uh, uh, I would say maybe a total of maybe two months to three months. I mean, the guys, he was setting go. I mean, he was, he's, he's ready to go, man. He's, punching and he's out there and he's kicking butt and taking names man and i like that uh to see him and uh, again this is this is the reason i do what i do to, to know that um there isn't a magic pill letting people know that uh but there's something that you have to do and i, th- I think one of the things that i put into everybody to every couple every individual everybody with a challenge is you know there isn't a pill you can take in the mornings, but there is something that you can do in the mornings that will affect the rest of your day. And that's actually just saying, this is who I am. Mm. This is who I'm going to be being thankful. And more than that, um, I think, uh, saying and not compromising and saying, this is how my day is going to go. And that's it. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to get angry. Um, and that's it. You know, uh, and I guess, Really what it's coming down to is because a lot of people get personal development, they take it in a in a wrong step. They mm. they think that they think that it's like the law of attraction or they think it's woo-woo or they think it's something like, you know, I, I need to meditate in the morning or I need you know, I need to go out and hug a tree or something. And it's that's not what I'm teaching, and that's not what a lot of people don't teach. A lot of people think it's all that, and for some people it works, and that's okay. But I'm teaching people how to live on their strengths and not their weaknesses mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm trying to teach people how to go ahead and focus on what they have instead of, of what they don't have yeah exactly uh, so that's that's what i'm that's my reward uh at the end of the day yeah and you can't become a better person just by watching a couple of ted uh movies or videos no right? um but uh, <laughs> becoming a better person is actually a uh, continuous work on through the rest of your life so right um, i just waking up in the morning and feeling that um, you've helped someone is quite fulfilling, I believe, as well. So, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I was wondering, though, um, when you're dealing with all kinds of <clears throat> personalities and all kinds of personal problems that people have, uh, by the end of the day, uh, when you're on your way home, does it ever happen that you actually bring your work with you home, like you're thinking about work, you're thinking about the problems, or are you able to separate that? How does that work? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. In the beginning, uh, it was like that. And I yeah. was kind of just taking it out on, you know, I guess the people close to me. And uh, yeah, that's something I had to learn. And, you know, a, pro- a professor of mine told me, he said, listen, Jay, uh, if you're not careful, this this stuff will eat you up alive. I mean, it will tear you up. And, you know, me, I was like, no, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be all right. That's no big deal. No, no. Work is work and home is home. Uh, but that, but he was right, 100% right. And um, I had to learn how to just say, hey, you know what? It, it, it stays at work and it's going to – that's it. Um, I guess I, I heard this one story of a guy that he would put his hand – um, before he would put his hand on the door before he would enter into his home where his wife and his kids were. And he would do it every single day and he would do it for two minutes. And one day, uh, of course the neighbors would see, but one day the neighbors uh, asked him and said, Hey, why do you put your hand on the door? And you just, you're there for two minutes. And the guy said, it's because 
I have to say, you know what? Regardless of how my day has gone, regardless of whatever has happened, my new day starts with the people that I love. And that's something that I had to do. If I have to put my hand on the door and say, you know what? Yeah, I had a really bad day. Man, mm-hmm. everything fell apart. Man, these people, I mean, the stories that I hear, the things that they're going through, you know what? I have, I, I, I'm not, uh, my new day starts with the people that I love. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how to do that. Uh, but that took time. And sometimes it took my family to say, hey, what's wrong with you? Hey, you're not, you know, what are you going through? But it's like it's those two minutes that I have to put my hand on that door and say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let it affect. I'm not going to let it affect my uh, life in any way. And I think the majority would say that doing what you do, you have to be emotionally stable. Um, But I think you can also grow by yourself, by helping these people. Right. So um, you don't actually have to be emotionally stable and um, extremely um, self-confident to be right. to be a um, helper, a self-development uh, helper or motivational coach. Right. So, um, yeah. What are your wishes and dreams? I think for me it's more of becoming the person that I see myself being. Mm. And, you know, I am seeing myself as doing what I want to do in my life. And that's just to, you know, public speak, uh, counsel people, and play music. And that's it. Uh, You know, and put it all together. And I have people that say, hey, listen, I don't think that's going to really work out. Or, you know, that doesn't make any sense that you want to do it. But you know what? I, 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 It's my dream. And it's my goal. So I, I think that's really what I want. I, I uh, That's what I'm working for, working hard towards every single day is making sure that I have that set. And you know what, uh, which I think is an amazing thing. I have a vision board. And every morning that I wake up, I see it. Every time I go to sleep, I, I, uh, I see it. Every time I get out of the shower or I'm going into the kitchen or whatever it may be. I always see it. And I have certain people on that board that I'm just thinking, you know, and another thing, I put myself on that board. Yeah, sure. With with those guys to say, hey, you know, they all started the way I did and they all went through the same thing. And so I, I said, you know what, as long as I know where I'm going, because I could wish for everything, man, in this world. But if I have no vision, I have no direction. I will never go anywhere. You know, there's a saying that if you shoot for, if you aim for something, you're hit it. But if you aim for nothing, that's exactly what it'll be. It'll be nothing. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that I have learned is to put vision in my um, in my life and to say, you know, I love how this person communicates, or I love how this person plays music, or I, I love this band. I, I love all these things. I, I think it's going up against the impossible is what makes you unique and special regardless of your situation um and again you know the way you get the the way that you always have interest in your life and the way you always keep growing is that you keep being curious you know i I think that's one thing and also that there's progress because i know a lot of people that they're like man if i had a million dollars this would happen or if i had 10 million dollars this would happen but at the end of the day even if you had that money then what what would you do Yeah, what next? Yeah, what's next? And so as long as you have progress in your life and you're becoming exactly who you want to be, I I think that's the best wish. And I think that's something that is um, 
I feel that my wishes come true every single day uh, yeah. by me making sure that I'm focused. And always staying curious, right? Exactly. That's uh, Life doesn't become boring. No, and speaking of vision boards, uh, I think uh, me and Victor discussed the topic um, uh, last year about the twelve-week year, and I think you yeah. should take a look about in that, um, uh, and it, how to to briefly um, to brief it for you is that um, you define one year as twelve weeks instead of twelve months. So you set up your visions, your goals. Um, and dreams for 12 weeks ahead and not 12 okay. months ahead. Wow. Um, so I can send the link to you later on so you can read it. Absolutely. You know, I think one of the, it, it, I think the hardest part is to actually getting it and doing it is just yeah, so sure. hard. I had, I'm still because... having trouble to, uh, to use the model. Um, but I think uh, just trying to uh, define the year as 12 weeks have helped me to actually set up and minor goals and visions to actually um, um, to make them, yeah. How do you say um, to reach them uh, quicker than in in one year? I think you got. I think the I think the hardest part was for me and for a lot of people that I meet is that I have to I have to how do you say it? You have to get over the stupidness to say, man, I feel stupid doing this. Is this gonna really happen? You know, you've got to get through that stage. And the thing with me is, is that I made mine pretty big and I had to go to the store and get it laminated. So I had all these other people looking at it like, why is this? What, what's up with this guy? You know, why does he have pictures of all these guys and bands? And, you know, I mean, on, on mine, I have the house I want to live in. I have the amount of money I want to earn. Oh, so you I have a like- car. I have. I have everything. I have my. I have who I want to be, what I want to do, and then I have my toys on the side uh, because uh, I think that's pretty cool, and I like that. And so, but that can know. also be the like the final destination board. Exactly, well. exactly, it do- exactly. It doesn't have to be a vision board because a vision board can be at one month from now, and a vision board can also be uh, the final destination as you defined it. Um, right. But um, is there a, a, any role model behind this? Yeah, I think, um, you oh, know, models. yeah, I think my teachers have been one of the things and I think I've had some um, also uh, some great mentors over my life that has actually invested into my life. Uh, and those people, I mean, I would say um, you know, musically uh, also I've had great role models there. I I mean, I, I, if I mentioned to them, I don't think a lot of people will know them, but on a big on a bigger scale, I think. Uh, you know, uh, Tony Robbins has been one of my biggest role models, man. If, I mean, like, and also it's cool because you know I'm six eight, and the guy I think he's like six seven. So I thought that was cool, wow. yeah. you know. Uh, but you know, I I don't know. I just feel like he is, you know, when I listen to his story and where he came from. Um, so I, I think he's one of my biggest role models. I think Leslie Brown is one of them. Jim Rohn is another one. Zig Ziglar is another one. And I, I think Joel Osteen, uh, uh, T.D. Jakes is, is, are, are people that have really inspired me in the area that I, 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 I want and I am going to be at. And then when it comes to musically, um, you know, I, I could talk all day about just different genres that have inspired me and drummers. You know, I've always felt like I've always seen my life as I have a I have I, I don't know I want to say like favor I have 
you know, I've there's a drummer called Avril Lopez, and mm-hmm. man, I heard all his albums. I love all of his music, and I've always wanted to meet him. And one day I got to meet him and we became wow. friends and everything. And he just, you know, the things he taught me had nothing to do with music. It had something to do with life, but it made me a better musician. So it's some of the, you know, you just, you, you got favor over your life. You just don't know it. You just have to be able to spot it and you have yeah. to be able to see it because you can live in negativity. You can live in like, nobody likes me and I'm never going to get that shot or that break. But you know, you're, you're closer than you really think, man. And I think it's sometimes it's just asking the right questions or yeah. getting to know the not the right people, but having the right attitude that the right people can see that. Yeah, and I think uh, living in negativity, one person can actually change your life. Um, and I think even though you might find a, a celebrity, a role model, uh, some of them might actually want to to help someone. Absolutely. Asking the question to as you said to to actually just ask a question could actually change your life absolutely um, so even though that people may find that celebrities are people that won't that don't want to talk to you um, right they they there could be wrong so yeah absolutely yeah. and i think you know i and it's going to sound really weird coming from my mouth but read books man yeah. I, i think i mean if and i've right. learned yeah and i i think one of the biggest things that i've learned is just that When you have mentors in your life, uh, instead of it taking you maybe 10 years to get there, it takes you three years, five years. I mean, you, you get there a lot faster. I've noticed that you just, I mean, you put some diesel, more gas, whatever you want to call it, some boost, and you get there a lot faster when you have these people over your life and who you want to be. They sure. just have a way of, I mean, their influences, they have such this amazing vibe off of the man that that just comes off of you. I mean, I, I was with a mentor of mine for, I think two months to three months. And a lot of things that I do, I can, I know it naturally didn't come out of me. I mean, but because I was with him so much, I can see the way I talk to people, the yeah. way I am, the way I go into certain places, man. I just, I, I can, I, I know it's going to sound weird, but I can feel him inside of me that I know it's coming out of me. Like the way he shakes hands, the way he is with people, exactly. and just all of these things, man. Yeah. And I, as I said earlier to you this week is that people don't care what you do. People care why you do it. And right. Uh, right. And people, we, all of us want to belong. Um, and, I think finding a a body or a a colleague or a role model that believes what you believe, right? Um, I think that's uh, vital in finding your cause in life. Yeah, you have to have. That's one thing I always say. You have to have the right people in your life, and the higher that you want to go, the more ladder holders you have. Because there's not a wall you can put the ladder on. The, again, so if you want to go even to the tenth step, whatever, you know that you're going to need more people to hold that ladder. And so it's about having the right people and having that team. And I think one of the guys, uh, Sir Richardson, he he's one of the guys I just look up to because he has severe dyslexia. You know, he said it himself. He said, man, you know, I can, I found out that I could do anything and I could be successful at it if I just had the right team, if I had yeah. the right people. It did, it just didn't matter. I, if I knew if I had the right people, I could, I could do it. And you sometimes, you know, you need those friends in your life that are going to be able to pull the best things out of you, not the worst things out of you. There was once this, uh, there was once these, there was these two guys and they grew up and they were involved in any, everything and anything you could ever imagine. They, they were 
baseball, football, basketball. And when they graduated high school, they decided to join the military together and they were going to be in the same company, in the same platoon. And one day there was this war and one of the one of the friends goes out and he's fighting and 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 the guy's about to go in there um, and back him up until the officer said, hey, listen, uh, we're pulling out. Retreat, retreat. And everybody started running back. And he thought that his friend heard the message. And they were in this foxhole. And the guy said, well, where's my friend? Where's my friend? I got to go and go. I got to go get him. And the lieutenant grabbed him and said, hey, listen, you, you are you crazy? You're going to be shot up and everything. The guy said, I don't care. He ran, grabbed his friend, brought him back, and the lieutenant said to him, listen, look at you. you. You're all shot up. You're all beat up and everything. You're no good anymore. It wasn't even worth it. Your friend is dead. And the guy looked back at him and said, you know what? It was worth it. Because when I got there, he told me, I knew you'd come for me. Hmm. And those are the type of friends that you need. People that will say, hey, regardless of whatever you go through, I will go through the fire I will, I will fight for you. I will get there. I don't care whatever it is. I believe in you, and I see you becoming very, very successful. You know, we may go through the fire, but doesn't mean that we get burned. And I think that's one of the most important things is that you have those people that are doing something. And listen, your friends may have goals and dreams, and, and they may not be there, but as long as they have goals and dreams, that's what matters. I mean, you could hang around with a bunch of losers, and they have no life. They do absolutely nothing. They, they, they don't have any goals. They don't know what they want to do. They don't have any plans, any destination. And, you know, sooner or later, you're going to be the exact same way. But you could work with guys that, hey, no, these guys have goals. They want to do something. They want to do something. And you just notice a big difference because the thing is, is that the wheel is moving slow, but it's moving. Mm. Yeah. Well, to uh, suffice that is that surround yourself with people that believe what you believe um, right yeah absolutely but uh, before we get into the last uh, topic we actually love discussing this with you um is there something that you would like to add um uh, you know i just i guess i just want to say that i'm excited um to help people more every day than i've ever been before mm. and i want to say that Whoever's listening to this podcast, you know, you got greatness inside of you. You got amazing things inside of you. And if you only knew that, I, I think you would freak yourself out. Mm -hmm. You know, and I know it's really hard right now. And I know it's difficult to go ahead and see these things when you got all the problems and you got all the weight in the world. But all I can say is, is that, you know, I, I've learned that right before you're about to quit, that's when it everything starts to happen. So if you quit, it's like you're not that... You're not that far away. I, I don't know if you're, if you're looking for perfect people. If you're if you're looking for someone to give you always the pat in the back, that's not always going to happen. Hmm. You know, but it doesn't mean that you stop. And you know, there's a price that you always have to pay, and be ready to pay it. Uh, so I, I think my 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 final words would probably be like, hey, don't give up on that marriage. Don't give up on your on your dreams and your goal. And regardless of whatever your situation is. <laughs> You know, remember that, you know, you're, you have that situation. You have the situation. The situation doesn't have you. Mm. And uh, fight, fight is, is really what it comes down to. Every day fight. Yeah. Fight with all of your heart. Even though you take punches, doesn't matter. Punch, punch. And don't wait for the perfect moment. No. 
Absolutely okay. not. Absolutely not. But as I said, the last topic of the day is how do you define success? I think success is when you can go ahead and look at yourself in the mirror and you can be proud and happy and more than that, you can find peace in your heart and know that, hey, I'm going somewhere and I'm doing something. I may not be there yet, but that's all right. I'm going. I think defining success is like, you know, that father that fails all the time and, is you know, Maybe not be he. Maybe he's not there financially, but finds out that you know what? It's not the finances that makes me become successful to my kids. It's me actually being there and failing. And it's the same thing with a mother. You know, I'm we're not the per, we're not perfect parents, but I'm always going to be here. Um, even though I may not, I may, I may not know how to answer all the questions, but I'll be here to listen to you. Or that guy that says, you know what? I, I I'm depressed and I I feel like I've lost everything. I don't know where to start. You know, the best place you got to start is with yourself. And depending on the area that you want to go ahead of, go ahead and grow, you got to focus on that one area. And to the person that is, uh, you know, is in a wheelchair or dyslexic or whatever it may be, you know, sometimes I, I know it may be hard, but sometimes you just got to look at it and say, hey, you know what? This is the deck of cards that life has given me, and this is the hand I'm going to play. Mm, yeah. And I'm and I'm going to win no matter what. And so – uh, that's the way I would define success is, is saying that, you know, I am, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going to, I'm going to grow. So playing your cards right, even though you may not have the best ones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Well, as I said, it was lovely uh, talking to you on this podcast. Oh, Jay. my pleasure. Great pleasure, Jay. Uh, truly inspiring. Thank you so much, guys. I want to say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, man. I think what you guys are doing is living a mark in people's lives. And I think with you guys, you know, I think you guys are setting the example for a lot of people. And I've always learned that, you know, it's great if you inspire people. That's awesome. Mm. But if you can inspire people to inspire other people, man, that's uh, where you can tell there's the bigger difference. And I think you guys are inspiring people to inspire other people and, and their workplace and their families and things like that. So I just want to say thank you so much for letting me be on this podcast. And it's an honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much. <clears throat> um, but to round this up, uh, I'm actually Johnny Jelm at Twitter. I'm Roller89 at Twitter. Do you have Twitter, Jay? Yes, it's Martinez 360 <laughs> Nice. And... Next week, uh, I'm not able to make it. I'm in Gothenburg um, mm. meeting David Lega, actually. Um, but in two weeks, we'll be back. And as again, thank you very much, Jay, and stay tuned. Thank Creep you. on. Thank you. Creep on. I'm that star up in the sky. I'm that mountain peak up high. Hey, I made it. Mm. I'm the world's greatest. And I'm that little bit of hope When my back's against the ropes I can feel it mm, I'm the world's greatest